welcome to She Spotlight. I'm Tony Gripper. And I'm Kate Roger. Thank you for joining us for deep dialogues about the feminine. Intimate, informative, global investigations about understanding the contemporary feminine wave. Where are we and how do we move with it? Welcome back, everyone. I'm Kate Roger and... I'm Tony Gripper. And we're here on She Spotlight again, and so are you, and we're so grateful to join you in a really interesting beginning of a conversation around money. It's such a big, huge uh, topic. There's so many different ways to come at it. And we both recognize that along with you. There's a lot of conversations from the very intimate, personal relationships that we have with money. And then also like, okay, so if we back off, back off and, you know, even back off to the point of where we're looking at it globally, what, what is this thing that we call money? It's a big deal. And uh, Tony and I were speaking about it. Uh, and I wanted to begin with a conversation around it, money, as an energy. And um, that's a, it can be sort of a new agey kind of exploration. And I kind of, I, I want to do my best here, along with Tony's help, uh, to bring it into life experience in the 3D life experience. And if we back off of our personal relationship with money and what that is, for me, that brings a level of safety and I can breathe feeling, though backing off and looking at how money travels around in the human experience is as an energy force. And in all of the different conversations from like setting up micro loan programs in second and what we call third world countries to empower women, for instance, to um, create livelihood for themselves, et cetera, et cetera. We're seeing that wherever money is directed, that spot, that place, that person, that community is vitalized. So there's this non-conscious, it seems to me that there's this non-conscious agreement. We've, we've come here to planet Earth as humans, right? And we've all opted in for the ones of us that aren't um, living in the middle of the Amazon or out in a desert somewhere unplugged from the quote-unquote system and the dominant paradigm, we have opted into this idea, this engagement with money as a vitalizing force. And personally, one of the things that I've always felt was so strange in our society, in our culture here in the United States, is, and it's, you know, it's not the only place where we're also given approval for um, a worthiness when we handle, quote unquote, a lack of money. 
living in debt consciousness, which which feeds into so many different conversations. And I and it's when I first started like recognizing, oh, I have to have a a good credit score. I have to go into debt and prove that I can handle debt well in order to get a house or get a car or buy a new refrigerator or or whatever that is. So we live in this debt orientation, which I know other people are aware of, though it's almost like it's, for me, it harkens back to that idea of um, the allopathic nature of our dominant paradigm, which is you need to be fixed. You're not, you haven't even reached like you're on par with, I I don't know, like you don't, you're You're not worthy. You're not worthy. Basically, you're not worthy and prove that you can be worthy of handling not worthiness or something like that. It's so, it blows my mind. Well, I think in your statement that wherever money flows, um, there is vitalization. It Mm -hmm. money vitalizes. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, what pops up in my head is gentrification. Mm-hmm. So money flows to a certain neighborhood mm-hmm. that was at you know at some point unworthy, undesirable. Mm-hmm. Money goes there, and the people that live there aren't vitalized. The people that live there are have to move. Yeah. I, I experienced that in Venice Beach. I lived there for 22 years. And, you know, when I first moved there, it was like this beautiful um, tapestry of artists and a rainbow community and, you know, humanity, basically. And mm-hmm. then Google moved in and Snapchat moved in and it completely changed. And, and I had to leave because it was just like not what it was it, yeah. it, the community changes Completely. and the first neighborhood that I moved into in Atlanta five years ago mm-hmm. uh, Grant Park from what I understand um, 34 40 years ago that's where you went to get drugs mm-hmm. now it's a diverse um, professional liberal neighborhood that is now transitioned into if there's space we're going to build housing you know commercial and residential um space where there's land and it's changing and it's becoming less diverse Mm -hmm. and it's it's not affordable at this point. Of course, that worked for me when I sold my house, mm-hmm. but it didn't work for me. It doesn't work for me in my mind. And yeah. also, I know for the neighborhood as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's keep talking. <laughs> so, the, the, it, the, the, the system, and I know people say this, and I know it's a cliche, mm-hmm. but the game is rigged. It's rigged where credit is oh, totally. um, concerned. It's rigged. Um, and a lot of people find it out 
if I'm a rule follower, if I do what I'm supposed to do, meet the criteria, then and I'm, I expect that I'm going to reap these benefits or these rewards. And sometimes when you follow all the rules, you do everything that you're supposed to, you don't get um, validated by money, promotion, access, or prestige. Right. Because In theory, we should be, I should be validated or vitalized because I followed the rules, but that's not always the case. Right. That's the, that's the system. And it's so um, antithetical to who we are as humans because we come into our, you know, life experiences here and every human, I have a sneaking suspicion, every human has a contribution to make what, Mm -hmm. whatever that is, even if it's just, being a love bug seriously so Mm. um where the feminine comes in you know in terms of the feminine wave the feminine we know we've we've touched upon this before that the feminine is all about cooperation and collaboration and she is on the rise so if we're going to vitalize a conversation of this quote-unquote life force energy that we call money how how do we do that in in right relationship and obviously we are not in right as a collective we're not in right relationship and it always has to you know start with me like i i have to go in and go okay so what is my relationship with money mm-hmm. how do i think about it how do i feel about it in that part the feeling part is really important because you know um i for years i've been teaching this uh, 40-day abundance course um, with the Institute and every day we meet for 40 days in a row, which is really a powerful alchemical experience. And, you know, we're looking at beliefs that people have of like, the, it's a, it's an innate belief of like, I don't want to have to like prove to you that I'm good enough so that you give me this life force energy in the form of money and then I feel validated and I can pay my bills. You know, it's just this thing. And so people have these ideas, these notions of like money is the root of all evil, which, you know, and it's not really the money that is, it's the system that says you have to behave in this way in order just to get food on the table. You know, mm-hmm. you have to be this employee. It takes us into our, the way that we educate our kids you know, to sit under these fluorescent lights at desks for eight hours a day and prove that that one day they're going to be a good employee. And this idea of having to, quote-unquote, work for the man or, you know, it doesn't have to be a man, it could be a woman, though, the system, the patriarchal system of, like, propagate this new crop of employees that will perpetuate <laughs> you know the trickle down theory or whatever it is and it's like so we have to dismantle in our own beings and and really understand okay so what what is this thing called money that i'm participating with because i'm here and i'm a human and it's a thing that it's a game that everybody's playing how can i do it in with my own self in a way that does not really relinquish my integrity and my 
own radiance, my own life force energy. It's a, it's a huge, a huge thing. I think it is a huge, a huge thing. And it's a challenge, I think, to us. Um, I'm not saying don't go to the, don't, I'm not saying not to participate in the system the way it's set up, but it's, Mm -hmm. there's more than one way um, Mm -hmm. to um, contribute, participate, uh, and to vitalize yourself by banding together with others um, to create something because money is just in my mind is Mm -hmm. an exchange for goods and services, Mm -hmm. right? That's, Mm -hmm. I mean, at its simplest, it's a, I did this and in exchange you're giving, I'm, I'm giving you something and you're giving me something back. So I think the challenge is, um, I agree with you about keeping integrity or being in integrity, but maybe it means that you have to create your own thing um, mm-hmm. with others. Um, Talk about offering that goods and, and services, uh, you know, to your community or to the world. Um, mm-hmm. And not always having to go to the same bank or the same um, source for, mm-hmm. uh, for money, because that then you're playing into the, and I know you have to, but that's someone else is going to judge me and say, yes, you're worthy. You're not worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have a credit record. Um, I see uh, you don't have any debt. You also don't have any business experience. So how can you um, create something that's going to be successful if you've never done it before? Yeah. And everything that exists didn't exist previously, right? For real, yeah. Yeah. Everything came from an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, whether that idea was provoked from love, created by love, or from pain. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I it, it harkens back to me. Um, a personal experience that my father had. My father is a chemical engineer, and he was working probably before I was born, or I w- maybe when I was super duper um, tiny. He was working for Coors, the beer company, mm-hmm. and in in Colorado. And they have those big companies have multiple facets to them, and they had this one facet where he, as an employee, he invented um, ceramic, these really hard ceramic snow studs that would go in tires to create mm. snow tires. Mm-hmm. And he designed them, he invented them. And because he was an employee, the company owned it all. And, mm. you know, so that's that goes into another... You know, and, and in order to get that monthly paycheck, he had to sign off on that, you know, and a lot of people do. They're, it, it, it's just interesting to me that people, you know, work in these, and a lot of people are, you know, 
the system is set up where they go and they work in these cubicles like they did, you know, sitting at desks like they did in school. And their beautiful life energy is funneled into these expectations that are met um, or, or not. And, and sometimes they're super arbitrary because of all of the, the personality glitches that can happen in corporate environments. And it's like, wow, that life energy, it, what it does is it dumbs people down, I feel like, and it disinspires them because they're, you know, they're just meeting the expectations. Or exceeding any, them. Or, or exceeding <laughs> that. I know, because you've spoken about that before, Tony, when you were in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. So they're meeting these expectations, though, at the very least of like, what needs to be done in this eight-hour day? And if I finish it in two hours, then I have six hours that, you know, to twiddle my thumbs or whatever else happens, though, it's like, don't, sometimes I've heard many stories, don't excel, don't stand out, just do what needs to be done, get your paycheck, you know, and, you know, and I was going to say, get your 401k, though, a lot of that is going away. And, you well, know, pensions have gone, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, you have to pay and plan for your and retirement. So, yeah. You know, and once, when you start working, that's the thing. You have to start. Hmm. You have to start that. Yeah. So I, you know, I was sharing with you that um, I'm reading um, Marianne Williams's book uh, just to glance at it for research, um, pro you know, purposes and like our conversation here about she has this book called the law of divine compensation and she speaks to this idea this notion that you and i have um, investigated as well of like okay so your particular your particular bliss your particular uh unique contribution that could be given is worthy of financial compensation and so then that, that leads us on a question, what's my purpose here? You know, and all of that, though, there's something about, you know, when I picture people, I, I'm just picturing them in those cubicles, those gray cubicles in a corporate environment. And they're just, you know, bleeding their radiance into a job that might not even enhance or vitalize their unique life force and so many people walk through that day in and day out and what if they could tap into their bliss even if they can't articulate why or what that bliss is or why one kind of engagement would amplify it or another kind of engagement wouldn't I just think about like I think about this stuff, like what if we amplified or what, not if we amplify, I, I think it's an inside job, right? <clears throat> we always come back to this, like, okay, so where is it that I'm feeling my bliss? And it's not about getting something that's outside of me, which is employment and employee consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. It's that, what if I could just contribute actively, you know, with effort and quote-unquote work, 
though it's this it's a feeling of contribution as opposed to I've got to earn something that's outside of me that that I think can and needs to fundamentally shift in the collective in order for us to have a healthier relationship with money, you know, mm. um, in, for our own selves. So, okay. So then we start using money and directing money to continue to contribute, to continue to, so, so we move from a survival orientation into, you know, what could be called thriving or it just least, um, at least not, not being in a victimized orientation or a survival or an employee, you know, necessarily um, working for the man kind of employee. You know what I mean? Mm. What do you think about yeah, that? I, well, what top, <laughs> what pops into my head is if you're a person of color or a, a woman, mm-hmm. there might be the thought that I have to work twice as hard um, just to get a seat at the table. Another thought that pops up, and I don't know why, is that the way I was raised was that no matter how much you made, however small or large it was, that there was always 10% of that that you gave to the church and 10% that you paid to yourself. Mm. And then the rest was, see see how I'm talking small, and then the rest was for living, right? Mm -hmm. Mm. I think my mindset has always been, um, until I really consciously worked on it, was that I never had enough money or I was never going to have enough money unless I really fought for it. Mm-hmm. Then when I said, I'm going to change the way I work rather than working all the time, working really hard, mm-hmm. overworking. When I changed it and said, I'm going to work on the types of things I want to work on. I'm going to work less. I'm going to make more money. Mm-hmm. Work less and make more money didn't sound like it made sense. Mm-hmm. But to me, it did. And, and once I accepted that and was able to step into that, then I got more freedom. Mm-hmm. I realized I was more powerful. I was more creative. Um, r- resting and restoring and working with people who believe the same thing was really, mm-hmm. really rewarding in lots of different ways. Mm-hmm. So, so how did you get there, though? Because you said you... You worked on it. You, you, what, what was that um, like? Part of it was, you know, the spiritual practice. Um, mm-hmm. Part of it was uh, going to a um, science of mind church um, and really accepting that, that I can create and that I am, one, I am larger than I think I am. Yeah, it was that I can create. I How can did you create. get that though? Like, what? Wh- how did you? You know, catch teachers, that? teachers. Okay. Um, I got a little bit of it at, from teachers or adults in the community when I was growing up to just say the world is a bigger. Um, you can make your own footprint. That was a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, moving away from where I grew up and seeing mm-hmm. other people in the world 
it was encouraging to see, oh, mm-hmm. I can do it a little bit differently. And then falling into religious science kind of lit it on fire mm-hmm. and, you know, spending quiet time and listening, not just wishing. Mm-hmm. I wish this, I wish that. Um, just listening, um, you know, to my higher self or to a higher power. I just started, and this sounds so cliche, but I just started affirming some things. I just started visualizing. I want to be with these types of people. I want to work with these types of people. This is, um, I started to embody what it felt like. It was exciting. It was Mm -hmm. fun. It was work, but it was work that was very fulfilling. And um, also, for me, I didn't want to put all of my energy into one thing. And up until a certain point, all of my energy was going toward work, which was going toward money, which is going toward buying things that had labels on the outside. Mm-hmm. And um, then I just, my desire was fueled by, I know I can do this differently. I can live differently. I can earn differently. Yeah. I, that's key. And I, and I, it senses to me that that notion, Tony, that you are a living example of is um, right. It's cresting in the, in the lives of the collective right now. I can just feel it that there's this different, there's a sense that there's a different way that this can be done, that mm-hmm. quote unquote earning money can happen and that's the that's that rising paradigm that we're all that I refer to every once in a while, and the fem the intelligence of the feminine saying from the inside out, knock knock knock. And and I always believe that the surface mind at the, at our le- the level of our personalities and is always the last to know, the last facet of us mm-hmm. to know. And for you to. You know, I, I grew up, I'm just going to come back to your experience of like owning your ownership of your life, really. And I grew up in a home where it it was not stressed. I mean, it kind of was stressed, though not stressed to be an employee of a, of a corporation. And I think a lot of people go through that experience. A lot of probably the people that I went to high school with and stuff or junior high were, and, and university were bred and to enter a workforce as an employee mm-hmm. of a corporation. And neither one of my parents operated that way. So I had you know, and it's not that they didn't scrap, you know, it's not that they didn't like, you know, sometimes have to scrape to make ends meet. It's just that they, each one of my parents were pretty much in ownership of their own vehicle, you know, their own human vehicle, even though they had kids, you know, because it's, it's, I think having a family and having kids adds so much more pressure onto the situation because you're also responsible for these other humans, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I don't have that going on in my life and, and I know that you don't also. And so that's a whole, that's a whole nother conversation. So when you have these kids, how are you going to like survive the unit, 
not just survive me, you know? So I, I had this experience of like, my mother was an entrepreneur. My father at the core is an entrepreneur and my mother is too. And, and so they were my role models of like, okay, so you sense into like what, is your soul or as you said the higher self or the higher power what is it directing you to do mm-hmm. and that's you know that listening that listening and this is i know is a is another episode though the capacity to actually authentically listen to ourselves you know would create a whole new way of communicating in the in the collective and though that intimate personal listening that you said that you did and for me also like thank you for bringing up the science of mind engagements and explorations because you know I've always been dabbling one of my undergrad degrees was in religious studies and I've always been dabbling in the spiritual like what's going on here Mm -hmm. mystically like what is actually happening because there's so much more than meets the eye right and we you know we all pretty much know that and uh, though the articulation that science of mind provided and, and the obviousness in terms of science that there is nothing, no thing, no one that is separate. It's not scientifically mm-hmm. possible that's separate. So we're all connected. There's, an, there's a basic fundamental unity. Even though we're individuals, we're, we're still un divided. Mm -hmm. And I think for me personally, when I was going, getting that understanding and being able to articulate what I was already feeling. Okay. So I'm not separate. I'm not necessarily a child of God. I'm actually an experience of it. Mm -hmm. And so, okay. So if I'm an experience of God, an expression of it, unique, you know, in the human experience, so the human experience also includes forgetting who we are, you know, and having that sense of separation, because that's what the ego provides, is um, self-identity. Though understanding that the ego isn't the enemy and, and that we can actually use that um, individual identity functionality that the ego provides to go, okay, so what can I contribute? And that is work right there because (laughs) (laughs) that's work because Mm -hmm. there, and what I would always circle back around because I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Well, what I would circle back around to is that, wait, wait, I'm an experience of the God presence or the life force of all of creation or whatever we want to call it. This same energy that's holding the planets in place is beating my heart. That's huge. Mm -hmm. And when I harmonized to that in the intimacy of my own mental mechanics and emotional mechanics and in my own operating system, when I harmonized to the truth that quite simply I'm an experience of the one, the whole thing, it just eased up my system so much. It, it provided peace so that I didn't have to like be grasping for anything. 
for anything. And I could have ownership of like, not that I knew what I was, mm-hmm. you know, or what I could even contribute, though that I wasn't beholden to a system. And I think so many people, and like you just gave us a great example of how you liberated from being owned by a construct to being owned by your own bliss. Is this fortifying me? Is this, am I passionate about this? And, you know, am I fulfilled? You just gave us a great example of that shift over, you know, and thank and you that, that does take work constant. Oh my gosh. Every single day. Constant because every day. I forget sometimes. Yeah. Um, we all do. <laughs> like, and I need to be reminded that, oh, okay, I forgot. And, and you know, me... and I think, yeah, that's where community comes in, whether it's just, you know, a- another person. Like, I, I know sometimes in the invisible, Tony, I know that I can just lean into what it is that you know mm-hmm. when I'm forgetting. Oh, I know she knows that we're hooked up <laughs> to the mm-hmm, cosmic mm-hmm. reality. You know, if I'm forgetting, okay, I know that there's somebody that knows. And, and I think that that's also the value of community. And, and when we come together and we're passionate about a single vision, you know, um, and, and, and contributing that to, you know, humanity or all of life, you know, then again, where as many avatars have said, where two or more are gathered, it just, you know, exponentially energizes the whole deal Mm -hmm. of contribution. So so how do we use that and the divine feminine Mm -hmm. to, you know, either create a a wave or Mm -hmm. ride one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I, think that the beginning of the answer is to is that internal rectification that that he healing in some cases and also revealing that to ourselves that we are utterly and simply experiences of what some would call the divine intelligence you know experiencing itself unfolding itself expressing itself through our lives as our lives it's mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. So really sort of copping to that, grokking it and integrating it. I, I think that it believes it, it begins there. And it's not, it isn't rocket science. It's not, sometimes, you know, we have to untangle and dismantle our beliefs, like getting rich is a matter of luck or fate because it happens from outside mm-hmm. of me. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. What is it that, you're going to vitalize and it's not to get attention from outside of us. That just sort of happens as we gift, as we gift. And that's, you know, with the feminine, that's where this idea of service comes in too. So we can look at anything as, you know, I'm serving here, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and sir, when we approach life in terms of I'm serving, I'm contributing, that automatically places us in that feminine wave of collaboration and um, cooperation and contribution, you know, birthing. So um, I, w- we all- I agree with you. Yeah. 
on on that the shift from working to serving mm-hmm. um talk about that for a moment um well it was when i i met you uh, when we were at agape studying mm-hmm. and i didn't well in my head moving from northern california to southern california my thought was what I'm doing here, I can do there. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to manifest the same <clears throat> amount of money um, when I'm ready to go back to work. So I was off for a year, which was right after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Los Angeles to go to study at Agape. And I Thank was- Thank you for a- doing that, by the way. <laughs> Thank You're you. You're so welcome. I, that was such a gift mm-hmm. uh, uh, for me. Um, and I'm also grateful that there are people that I'm still connected to as a result of, of having gone through that program, mm-hmm. you being one, Michael being another, mm-hmm. um, Michael Hauser, mm-hmm. shout out. Uh, Michael, <laughs> we love you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what I talked about forgetting, um, I wasn't generating money in the same way. And so I, I got into a place of lack and fear and um, I was doing affirmations and praying and, and all of that. And just was like, I'm not, something's wrong. I'm not doing something right. Okay. God, please teach me what I'm supposed to be learning. And the thing that came into my head was you need to be of service. Okay. So here I am in prac training I go, I need to be of service. I don't know what you're, what are you talking about? And it was made clear to me that I needed to, that what was required of me was to shift from, I need money or I need to generate money to being of service. It didn't feel right, but the message was super clear. So I, I was like, okay. So when I got out of bed, I was I either prayed with you or I prayed with Michael in the mornings. And then I would say out loud, okay, how can I be of service or what do I need to be, what do I need to do to be of service? And then I would get these little inklings. And once I started looking at my experience or being in my experience from that perspective Mm -hmm. it was like literally two or three days later I got a call and said okay I've got this project I know you're in Southern California but uh, are you available Mm -hmm. and I said yes so then I started flying up to Northern California every two weeks uh, to service uh, a software client and then the money just started rushing in again. Amazing. Um, and it was just a shift from how do I get to how do I serve? Yeah. And did you have like, Tony, in that shift, did you have an idea that you could articulate in your mind of like moving from like a sort of a grasping energy to an energy of contribution? 
I'm contributing my life force. I'm contributing my magnificence. When I, the consciousness only came after I started listening Mm -hmm. and accepting. Now that's, this is something that you and I've talked about before. Mm -hmm. uh, One of the big differences uh, between the two of us is that when spirit speaks to you, you're responsive. When spirit speaks to me, I want to analyze it. Okay. <laughs> I want to think about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that, not immediately obedient. And boy, would my life be so much richer, fuller, and simpler if I just was obedient. What are you talking about? It's rich and full because of the resistance, honey, money. Oh, it adds like a flavor. Let me tell in. you, I wish I would have <laughs> listened to that service message. Because I was like, you God, you're speaking a different language. I don't know what you're talking about. I tried to pretend I tried to play dumb. Oh my once, goodness. It didn't once, work. Once I listened and was accepting of the guidance I was getting, mm-hmm. everything t- turned on. Mm-hmm. I went, Oh yeah, I forgot. I don't have to figure it out by myself. Yeah. I can listen. Mm-hmm. and take direction. I'm coachable. I'm mm-hmm. teachable. Mm-hmm. I'm flexible. And it's a direction, it's a coaching, and it's a listening that happens from the inside out, not the outside in. That's right. Which, which I think I, I really sort of want to, you know, hit the nail on the head or hit the ball <laughs> out of the ballpark mm-hmm. with this for everyone because – it's a fundamental shift in the, in the intimacy of each one's um, operating system because we are bred to be coachable from the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, to to look outside of ourselves, and it's that internal. There, you know, one thing. And what you're speaking about is so deep, and one thing that I want that just came forward for me is that we have to also be careful that um, once we hear, once we catch this internal um, inspiration or inspired impulse is to not then let in in the newness of that, not let it be an egoic uh, orientation because the Mm. ego will seek again to get gratification outside of us so good point yeah and i think um that's why i was kind of resonating or not kind of i was resonating with what you said about it being from the inside out um and i think you were talking about being an expression of god is mm-hmm. i think that's an experience of god an experience like of god yeah and for me when i get clear and everything is um, when I put the personality aside, for me, it's I'm a place for spirit to express. Mm-hmm. I just want to clear out so that God can express in me as me through me. Mm-hmm. But I get, you know, it gets very cluttered. It gets very dirty. It's smoky in there sometimes. And, and, and then if I can just go ahead. And confusing. Mm-hmm. And confusing, and because we we live because of the our relationship with time, and it's this nine to five platform, you know, and then you know replenish a little bit 
and get ready for the next nine to five experience, you know, five days a week or six days, whatever it is, um, there's no space for confusion. And we, and we have to have that space of like, I don't really get this and I'm still listening because I, I think that when it's important also that our relationship with time orientation, that that, that will shift when we, ex- when we begin the journey of like that listening that you've been speaking about. And then there is this alchemy that occurs in the operating system, in our internal operating systems of like, okay, so I'm not going to be grasping for something outside of me anymore. I'm going to be delivering something, even if I don't know what that is. Um, I'm going to be serving uh, the artistry of, of the human experience then, uh, and listening on a daily basis. Okay, so how do I do it today? How do I do it today? Mm-hmm. Then there is going to be that clutter and the dirt and the, the gunk that sometimes we have to be with. So, so there's no magical wand here that's going to say, okay, so now it's all of a sudden different. There will be those moments of clarity and, and difference, though it is this, because in the human experience, we do forget. We just do. It's a daily invitation to go, okay, so let me again reside and harmonize to the fact, the truth that I am an experience of God, of the, of the infinite potentiality of, of life. You know, I'm an experience of it just like frogs are an experience of it. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, it all is an experience. The table in front of me right now is an experience of it. And as you said, everything starts in the non-scene first, you know? And so then how do we shape that and deliver it into the experiential world? And that's, you know, so individual for, for each person. So I love that you brought up this idea of moving from this grasping energy and how and what you need to do to generate it in or, or to get it from someone else to get I'm it from someone getting yeah. it from someone else. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want I want to actually nullify generating it because generating it we can use that activity mm-hmm. that functionality in a, in in a way to serve service. So, yeah, it's a real thing that we all, each one of us, gets to be in exploration with. And it is that daily invitation, that daily dive. You know, and and some days we just won't be doing it. Like, it just, it'll be like a gunk, gunky day. Mm -hmm. And that's got to be okay that's got to be, that is part of, that's of the new wave, the new operating system. It, it's got to be okay that sometimes we just don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And that's where things like faith, trust, and, and all of that comes in. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I want to keep talking about this and how it relates to money or abundance or health. Yeah. Um, so that just this conversation is reminding me about compartmentalizing. Mm -hmm. 
um, compartmentalizing the um, activity of trying to get money, trying to excel, trying to get someplace um, I think I'm supposed to get mm-hmm. based on maybe somebody else's um, view of the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do. I want to keep this conversation going. I do too. So yeah. Many different dimensions to it. And you brought up, you said a magic word that I know is a trigger for a lot of people and was a trigger for me. And that is obedience. You brought that up. And I think mm. that that will be a very interesting thing for us to dive into too. this idea of being obedient to obedient to the directives of our soul, you know, and obedience in our culture. Um, has such a different energy that it travels with, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and can I add a word to that? The, the word that triggers me that I didn't use was the discipline, the word discipline. discipline. Oh my gosh. And yeah, I, I think discipline equals freedom. The way I view discipline. I love that. That would be... Let's talk about that in another episode because that would be pure medicine for people, I feel. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tony, for this beginning exploration on money because it's important, apparently. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you know. Yeah, thank you for this this exploration and and let it continue and until then, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And if you've had any like crack opens or ahas around your relationship with money or any perspective that you have even on the collective and how we can all like serve this new wave, this new way of operating with this thing that we call money. We'd so appreciate it in the comments, in uh, any kind of DMs from any one of our, you know, social media platform sites. And then also, you know, you can go to our website, shespotlight.com and send us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And until the next time, I'm sending you peace. And I'm sending you love. Thank you for joining us today. If you like what you're hearing, please rate us on your favorite app. Subscribe, leave a comment, send us a question. We'd love to hear from you. And we invite you to share your favorite episode with friends. And when something is sizzling that we feel you should know about, we'll send out a note to fill you in. Subscribe to our newsletter on our website, shespotlight.com and FYI. We respect your privacy and we will never share your info. You can also support and collaborate with us by visiting our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash shespotlight. We deeply appreciate your generosity. Until next time, this is Tony and Kate sending you peace and love.